0: Love Talk Radio.
1: All right, and we are live now. Thank God for that. Well, anyway, good morning, and I'm glad that you're joining us here for the broadcast. Temple Baptist Church, we're not able to meet in person because we've got COVID cases all throughout our church. Um, many are recovering. Many are getting, getting well. I see Jeannie Brooks. Jeannie Brooks is listening to us from England this morning, so isn't that amazing? Uh, most of us sitting around here from Red River County, Lamar County, Texas, and, and Jeannie Brooks from down in Cornwall, England. She's on here with us, and we praise God. She's been my friend for many years. Uh, but anyway, uh, a lot of people with COVID. Our church has just been uh, just decimated with COVID over the last few weeks, and um, so many have been sick. Um, Brother Tony Stringer is in ICU this morning. Um, they are trying to get blood clot off his lungs and trying to get him his breathing better where he can go home uh but they've got him now in a, in a little bit of sedated state where he's able to uh, rest and recuperate you pray for him Tammy and and uh and his whole family uh there's, there's they've they've gone through a tremendous amount of things that pray for his healing uh lifting up Miss Charlotte Marshall in prayer this morning her son Robert passed away this week from covid pneumonia and we just praying for for God's comfort for her and for his help in the ne- in the coming days. Uh, also lifting up in prayer this morning, especially uh, Brother Grant Ennis, our adult Sunday school teacher. He's in the latter stages of, of prostate. Uh, I keep saying prostate. I'm so sorry. Pancreatic cancer. And um, and Miss Bonnie said he's 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 having some hard days. And y'all please lift her up in prayer. She's dealing with COVID as well. So is he. And um, and you know he's on hospice care. Please pray for for him. And pray for her as she ministers and takes care of her husband um there's so many others i know there's so many others in our church who have who are dealing with covid uh i don't know of any that are as serious as those cases i know that uh brother brother donnie smith's dad uh donnie Pearson, i know he's he's dealing with covid and he's still having a having a hard time and uh brother scott dawson he's uh he's he's See, just feeling weak. My mom's feeling weak. Uh, I'm sure the rest, I know Miss Shirley said she was, and and, uh, most everybody who's having it and going through it are are feeling weak on on that, coming out of it. So just pray for them. Uh, It's difficult. We've not met as a church now for several weeks, and and it just puts a strain on us. But I'm thankful that we have this this, uh, medium right here where we can come together and we can lift and we can rejoice and lift up the name of the Lord and, and meet together as a church, even if we're not meeting in person. So uh, I just want to I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. And I want us to ask God to meet with each and every one. I know I didn't call everybody in the name in the name of the church by name, but you know that we love you and we're praying for you, Brother Dan, uh, recovering from uh, from his uh, fractured pelvis and they, him and his wife, Anya, are recovering from COVID. Uh, uh, who else am I forgetting? I uh, just had him on the front front of my brain, and that slipped. Oh, brother Byron, brother Byron Dawson, uh, brother Scott's dad. He's uh, he's having some issues after having uh, surgery on a broken uh, bone in his his leg up by his hip bone, and uh, he's going to have to maybe go back in for more surgery. And we pray for brother Byron, pray for uh, that healing of that, and uh, just anybody and everybody who are going through things. There, like I said, so many and. Folks, prayer works. I'm seeing it work. I'm seeing God uh, do things. I'm seeing God heal folks. I'm seeing God work through even this time. Uh, We're reaching people now that we've not reached uh, before because we're having to do things this way. And I just rejoice that we're able to minister to some people who are not able to have, have been helped by us before. So anyway, good morning to you. God bless you. This is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice And be glad in it. Let's go to the Lord right now in prayer and ask him for his mercies. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning. Lord, we we wouldn't know what to do without you. You are all the help that we need. Lord, you're all the help that we have. And, Lord, no one else could help us if it weren't for you working through them. Lord, we love you so much. And we know that you're the God of mercy. We know that you're the God of grace and the God of peace and the God of comfort. And, Lord, you know the need of each and every one under the sound of my voice right now. And, Lord, it is with compassion in my heart that I ask you to speed, uh, Lord, exactly the provision to meet their need to them at this moment. Lord, where there need to be comfort, I pray you'll give comfort. Where there need to be peace, I pray you'll give peace. Where there needs to be healing, I pray you'll speed healing, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you do a work in our life and in our heart And you prepare us for these days to come, Lord, which are trying days, and they will become more increasingly so as we head toward the return of our Savior. Lord God, prepare us and make us, Lord, uh, diligent in our stand and diligent in our walk, faithful, Lord, to you in these trying hours we live in. And we, Lord, we just praise you, Lord, that even though we're going through the storm, Lord, you're keeping us, you've got us in your hands, and we rejoice, we give you praise, I pray this morning before I begin to sing, before I begin to preach, I pray, Lord, for the Holy Ghost of God to absolutely control me. I pray for forgiveness of sins. I pray, Lord, for every every fiber of my being to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, that you preach the word through me. And, Lord, you'll minister to the heart of every single one who tuned in to listen to us. And Lord God, I pray, Father, that you'll give them spirit-filled, listening ears, Lord, that they might receive the things that we have to say this morning. And we'll give you glory, and we'll give you praise, and we thank you, Lord, most of all for salvation through the precious blood of my Savior Jesus Christ. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're gonna sing. We're gonna sing a little bit this morning. Uh, I've got I got a couple I want to do this morning. I was just gonna do two, but I. I tell you what, I I don't know if I can just do two, so I'm I'm gonna try this morning to do a few. Mm In the house we are way out in the country and we we do have a sketchy signal at times so if it is still freezing up please let me know and i'll try to i'll try to remedy that but uh i wanted to sing i wanted to sing another one this one's been on my heart too and i called i must tell jesus you what, let's not do that one. I don't remember how to play that one, so we won't do that one. But anyway, we're going to sing one more. Uh Let's we'll sing one more before we get into preaching. I thought I remembered how to play that one, but I didn't, so <laughs> bad on me.
2: As he stands before the Father, he speaks one word and it is grace. He said there is now no condemnation unto With my blood, I fall his pardon. That's my child, and he is free. With my blood, I fall his pardon. That's my child,
1: and he is free. Amen. And, and I am free. And if you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, my friend, amen, you're free to. Praise God. Let's get into the Bible this morning. I want you to turn your Bible with me to Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, and uh, we're going to uh, get back into our, our study on Holy Ghost power. And uh, let me just say to you this morning, if you're tuning in, listen to me. Don't let that word Holy Ghost scare you The Holy Ghost of God is the Spirit of Jesus Christ He is the Spirit of the Living God And if you're a saved believer today You have the Holy Ghost living inside of you He's not a ghost like the world thinks of a ghost A spook, a, a haunted He is the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ and he is living in you, and he is there to give to give glory to Jesus Christ. And uh, praise God that he is in there, and he's there to give you uh, give you guidance as you walk as a believer. He's there to guide you into the truth. He's there to encourage you. He's there to uh, pray on your behalf before the Father when you don't even know how to pray. And uh, he has sealed you unto the day of redemption. Amen. He is your friend. He is your best friend. He is God living inside of you. And I just want to clear that up. I am. I'm a Baptist. I am a an old timey uh, Bible believing, uh, Bible preaching King James Bible preaching Baptist. And and I, I am that through and through. I'm Baptist born, Baptist bred. When I die, I'll be Baptist dead. But I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm not scared of the Holy Ghost. I, I'm not a charismatic but I'm not scared of the Holy Ghost. Baptists have been, have been scared away, bluffed away from, from the power of the Holy Ghost by fear of being associated with, with charismatics. And, and, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. That was a good trick the devil pulled off because without the power of the Holy Ghost, we are rendered ineffective as believers. And boy, have mercy. We need God's power today, don't we? I mean, as we face this old nasty world that's trying to shut, shut us down and stop us from even talking about Jesus, from even uh, sharing the Word of God, uh, you know, this world wants to marginalize us, call us odd, weirdos, whatever you want to call it. The world wants to back us up into a corner and tell us, you've got to quit. There ain't enough of you. Uh, You're not the majority anymore. You need to back up and shut up and sit down and quit. That's what's that's what's being pushed in our direction. But I'm here to tell you today, if you don't stand up today and you don't raise up your voice for the Lord Jesus Christ, if you don't stand up for your faith, you're going to be hushed up. You're going. We're going to all, we're going to all be in trouble in America, this once land of the free uh, and home of the brave. Now we seem as though we're the land of the shackled and the home of the quiet. And God help us, we've got to be bold in this hour. God has called us to this hour. I think of, of the story of, of Queen Esther, uh, when when where the quote is, you know, who knows but what you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this is what she was told by Mordecai. And and God is trying to tell tell her there, you know, you you might not have thought you were important, you might not have thought you were going to play a role, but God brought you here for this, for a purpose, and it was for to save the 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 children of uh the children of Israel the Jewish people, and uh God has called us what to reach those around us because people around us are going to slip into hell one after another if we don't do something about it, they're going to fall into hell forevermore. We have got to be witnesses, we have got to share our testimony and bear our testimony, bearing about in our body. The dying of the Lord Jesus always. That's what the Bible tells us. All right, I'm going to ramble and run rabbit trails unless I get into the message. So take your Bible, turn to Acts chapter five with me. Acts chapter five. I'm going to tell you, I wrestled with this message and wrestled with this message, and I and I, you know, I got, I kind of got aggravated with myself. I said, you know, I just, I'm trying to put an outline together, and it just, it's just not. There's just too many simple things right here for me to worry with an outline. I'm just going to preach. I I tell people sometimes when I preach like this, I'm preaching without a net this morning. Uh, So I don't have have an outline. I don't have any points and nice thoughts. I just have the Word of God. So (laughs) we're going to use it this morning. And before anybody asks, no, I'm not. I don't have COVID. I'm not sick. I have allergies. I've had allergies for a better part of a month now. I tested yesterday. I tested negative. I'm fine. Praise God, I give him all the glory. I don't know how he's protected me through this. He's protected me and my wife and my, and my children. Uh, one of my sons has it, and his wife, but they're doing remarkably well. And uh, they took the antibody shots, and I recommend that for anybody who has COVID. So anyway, let's get into the Word of God. We're going to read this morning, but, but before before we read our text, I want us to kind of briefly recap where we are coming from to get to this point. Uh, we 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 kind of want to go back to where Peter and John went into the temple on the Lord's day, and uh, and they and Peter uh, Peter healed a man uh, you know in the Lord's power who was lame, and uh, and suddenly the whole uh, the whole mass of everybody that was there in Solomon's porch they ran to see what had happened because they knew this man and he was rejoicing and praising God. Well, they took them they took the they took Peter and John they took they took them into the Sanhedrin. And they they uh, wanted to know how in the world what do, what do you teach him? Whose name are you teaching? What authority do you have to do any of this? And uh, and, they, and Peter told them. He said, you know, it's Jesus Jesus Christ. He's the one who did this. Jesus, who you crucified, the the chief cornerstone that, that the builders rejected. He's become the head of the corner. He's the one who did all this. He's the one that healed this man. And uh, they they threatened him, and they told him, don't you preach or teach in this man's name again. That's what they told him. Let me read over here exactly where where they said that. Uh, all right. So after all that, here's what they said. They, they they said, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them. This is chapter 4, verse 17. Let us straightly threaten them. And, and, I mean, they, they wanted to get in their face, try to scare them and intimidate them. He said that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. So they said, we're telling you, you better not talk to nobody about Jesus no more. And we are the religious and the political authorities in your country. So the government, albeit religious, it was pseudo-religious political, but they instructed them not to teach or teach in Jesus' name. And uh, But what did Peter and John do right then? They, say, they answered him in verse 19 of chapter 4, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. You figure it out. Should we listen to God or listen to you? But we cannot. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And I wish every Christian out there had that same attitude. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I know God has worked in my life. I have evidence of it. I have proof of it. You know, I'm thankful for the the memories on Facebook. A lot of people look forward to seeing their kids, pictures of their kids when they're younger. I tell you, I do look forward to that. But what I look forward to more is seeing things that I've posted in the past and, and, and now standing on this side of it being able to say, Wow! Look what God brought me through. Wow! Look what God brought me from. Look how God has changed my life. Look how the hand of God has worked to bring me to this point. And so I rejoice every time I see something where I was in a, in a dark hole, I was in a in a bad spot, I was in a deep valley, and God brought me through. I saw one just just yesterday where I was. It was 11 years ago. 11 years ago, I was in a Horrible, horrible, dark place It wasn't for my own doing, it was from Others and what they were doing to me and I, and I will tell you, I cried out To the Lord then, I asked God for mercy I asked God for deliverance, I asked God To bless me again, I asked God to put His hand on me and touch me and rebuild things In my life, and God did that God did that and more, He's blessed Me, He's been so good to me, I can't Even imagine how to thank Him For all that He's done in my life So, again, Peter and John They were saying, listen ain't nobody ain't nobody going to tell us something that make us overrule what God has told us, all right so they told him to get out of here and don't you ever talk in his name again? well, they went back to the to the other believers and they told them what had happened and uh and the bible says in verse thirty one and when they had prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the holy ghost and they began and they spake the word of God with boldness so it didn't stop them it didn't scare them. And, and I know some people might say, well, they a bunch of rebels. They weren't listening to the government authorities. They weren't obeying the law. They were a bunch of law-breaking rebels. That's the way some people would look at it. Those are the people, my friends, listen to me, those are the people who are living in ignorance of God's way of doing things. God is not for us to just throw him out the window when somebody in authority says, you got to do it this way. So we must live our lives according to this book. You see there are there are, there are so many laws on the books in America we couldn't follow them all most there are so many that contradict each other that there there's so many laws on the books that aren't even enforced, but a lot of those laws were put into place by good moral people who wanted to uh, have a moral decent country, and those laws are are in accordance with God's word. But then there are laws that have been put on the books that benefit corporations, they benefit uh evil such as the abortion industry and, and the laws that the Supreme Court uh, uh, held upheld about uh, uh, sodomite marriages and things of that nature. There's, things in our, there's laws in our country that are laws, but God does not believe in those things, and God does not promote that, and a, a believer cannot promote those things being and be in line and right with God. So there comes a day, there comes a time when you just have to take and draw that line and say, I'm not going any further. I'm not going to cross that line. I'm going to stay with God and I'm going to do what God says. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today's the title of today's message is in the face of evil. In the face of evil. And these believers were in the face of evil. The uh, religious crowd in Jerusalem at that in that day and time were evil. You say how can they be evil? They were in they were in God's temple. Well, God was done with that temple. The temple uh, as far as as far as that worship was concerned in there when Jesus died on the cross, the veil, the veil in the temple which was th- one to three inches thick, woven linen, like a linen napkin. Well, imagine one that was inch an inch to three inches thick being torn, and it tore from top to bottom. And, and that moment, it was over. It was over for, for all that, that worship that had been going on in that temple that way. It was, it was no longer needed because Jesus had opened the way to the Father, and there was no need to go through all those, uh, those sacrifices and all of those things None of that was needed anymore because Jesus was the final sacrifice. All right, you say, preacher, you're never going to get into this message if you don't get into the text, and you're right. So I better and get to it. Um, so we find ourselves, we went through this, Ananias and Sapphira, what happened with them when they were trying to uh, gain some power and position and prestige in the church and impress people. And they ended up, God just took their life because they were trying to lie to him. They were lying. Uh, about what they were doing, and god God set a tone. you're not going to run over me, I'm God, and there's none else. uh I'll take you home before you're gonna you're gonna mess mess up the work I'm doing in my church, so God help us if we get in the way of him. I know God doesn't just drop people constantly like that god is God is gracious, God had to set a tone early on so that the his church would fear him and and they did, and they began to fear him all the more so after that took place, all right. After that took place where we find ourselves where we were last week, where we find that, that the apostles were doing all kinds of signs and wonders, uh, and the people were all in one accord. I'm looking at chapter five verse twelve. and the people were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, which is a, a large area on the side of the temple. It was an open colonnade, and there were thousands of people that gathered there. And the believers, that's where they gathered, out where the people were. Because why? They wanted to witness, and they wanted to share Jesus, and they wanted to see other people get saved. So they gathered there for the purpose of sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing people get saved. And God was working with them. And because they were dealing with Jews, God used miracles because the Jews, they seek a sign. Uh, you know the jews want miracles they need miracles as valid to validate that god is working So god was more than happy to oblige just as he did through the lord jesus christ And he provided healing and miracles and all those things do I believe god can still heal by miraculous means you better believe it Does he do it as often as he did back then no, I don't believe he does uh, You know god works to us to, uh, through us and 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 to us through his word so I don't know that it happens near as, as often as it used to, but God is still able to do all the things he's ever been able to do. It's just maybe his will has changed in the way he does things and deals with people. So we came through that, and now we, so, so people are getting saved, and we saw last week that the high priest rose up, and, and he, and he took the guard, and they went down, and they got him, and they took him, and they put him in, they put him in the, in the prison. They locked him up, and as soon as they did, You know, I'm going to read you verse 18 and 19. These are familiars from last week. And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. The next verse, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And so they did. They went and they preached. And they preached for who knows how long. They started early in the morning. And eventually somebody came to the Sanhedrin, to the Pharisees and the Pharisees, the captain of the guard, Sadducees, all those. And they said, hey, they're in, their temp- they're in the temple. They're preaching again. And they're back out there doing what they were doing before. They're not locked up. And they went to the prison. They said, no, they're surely in the prison. They went there. The keepers were still standing outside. Everybody's still locked up tight, but they're not in there. So they go and they get them and they take them in a gentle manner. Why? Because they feared the people. That's something you see over and over and over through here. When the people are on the Lord's side, those who are trying to do something against them when they're in when they're in a large number may fear to, to do these things. It's when God's people begin to back away and get quiet and begin to t- decrease in number that the enemy feels emboldened to run over its rough And I think the enemy's trying to gear up to do that in America. Uh we're seeing all these mandates coming out of out of old sloppy joe in, in Washington. All these ideas he's coming up with—I don't think he's come up with them at all. I believe they all coming from other places, people in higher authority than, than, than sloppy Joe Biden. So we're just going to have to—we're uh, just going to have to trust God and keep walking and do things right because according to His will. Because this world is not our friend; it's, it's our enemy. This world is tr- going to try to shut us down. and You just watch and see. I'm telling you right now. I've been saying this. Listen to me. I've been talking the same message since 2004. I'm telling you what's happening in America. America is shutting down. America is, is, is not going to be a, a loud voice in prophecy. It, it's not going to be there. I, I don't believe it. I believe America is going to be dismantled right before our very eyes. And in these last moments of, of this group, once great nation, you and I as believers have got to stand up now. If we don't stand up now, and, when, and I know people say stand up. Well, what does that mean? That means we must not be afraid. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of sound mind, and we are to lift up our voice like a trumpet, and and, and we are to we're to proclaim Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, uh, the, the, the blood that He shed is has saving power and is able to wash sins away, and we must do that in these last days in the face of evil. So let's get right to our uh, let's get right to our message, in uh, Acts chapter five. So we're going to back up to verse 27. I know we covered a couple of those verses, 27 28, last week. But we're going to start right there, and we'll read. Uh, We're going to read down through the end of the chapter, and we'll go back and we'll look at it, and we'll be done. I guarantee you, it'll all come together toward the end real quick. So beginning in verse 27 of chapter 5 of Acts, and when they had brought them, that mean the the officials, the, the arresting officers, they set them before the council. That's the Sanhedrin. That's the same ones that condemned Jesus. That's the same ones that accused him of blasphemy. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. We told you, boys, you better not do this anymore. We done told you. And now you don't got everybody believing your teaching, and you're trying to tell us we're guilty of killing your Messiah. Well, I'm gonna tell you, it got under their skin, didn't it? Started getting under their skin. I think you know what's interesting to me. He said, "You filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. If they were just a bunch of unlearned fishermen, if they were just a bunch of dumb country boys that they weren't that they looked down their nose at, what were they afraid of?" What was bothering them so bad that they that they couldn't bear it. I tell you what was bothering them. They were losing ground right and left. Day after day after day. There were more and more and more people believing in this way. The the way, the truth and the life. They were believing on Christ and they were losing I'm telling you, I guarantee you they got ready to get in there for the sacrifices and less people were showing up and less people were showing up and they were they were talking, saying something's going wrong. That we gotta stop this now. So so again, they're accusing them of, of ruining of ruining their job, ruining their life. Now look at verse 29. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. <clears throat> we're going to stop right there and pray, and then we're going to get into the message. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you so much. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the truth. I thank you for the word of God, but it doesn't, it doesn't mince words. It just comes right to the issue, right to the, to the problem right to the to the thing we're trying to address and it gives us straight answers lord god i pray you to help me i don't want to uh, i don't want to mislead anybody i don't want to give the impression that i'm militant in some way because i'm not lord but i love you and i'm passionate for your word and i'm passionate for the salvation which you provided for us through your death burial and resurrection and i i ask you now Holy Ghost of God, guide my thoughts and my words. And, Lord, help me to speak truth. And, Lord, I pray for those who will hear it, that they'll receive it and that they'll put it to work in their life. Lord, that we might see more people get saved. Lord, that we might see a revival. Lord, that we might see changes. Lord, that we might see people in our, at least where we're at, loving you and standing for truth and right. Lord, God, help us all. We need you in this hour. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, so let's 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 look here, verse twenty nine. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, "We ought to obey God rather than men." Hmm. That doesn't sound like a lot of the teaching that you hear today from preachers. Today, you hear from preachers on this subject. We ought to obey the law of the land. We've got to, we got to obey the law of the land. That's what you hear. And, and as if, if we don't follow everything that comes out of Washington, D.C., if we don't follow every uh, executive order, if we don't follow every mandate, which is, they're not laws, they're just suggestions. A law is a law. But you know what? Even then, a law sometimes violates God's laws.
2: And when when a
1: man's law violates God's laws, then man's law is nullified by God's law. So I want us to look. We're going to look just for a minute because I, 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 I dare say there's a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people listening right now, because if you'll remember several messages ago, I covered this subject. But I want to cover it again, and here's why. There are people listening right now who don't normally said in our, our church services. So I want to say this so that everybody out there can hear it, so that everybody listening who, 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 who loves the Lord can hear it, so that everybody out there who hates the Lord can hear it, so everybody out there who may be listening in and see what I'm saying can hear it. I don't care who hears it. I'm going to tell the truth. If it lips the Pope, I'm going to tell the truth. So here we go. Let's look at the Bible. Let's look for Bible examples Let's look what people did in the scriptures. Well, let's look at Noah for example. Let's start back with Noah, that's way back there. <clears throat> what, what about Noah? Noah was living in a day that's very similar to ours. Uh, there was wickedness everywhere. Uh, the Bible talks about man's man's heart was just continually evil, and and so I, we're seeing that around us. People, uh, we're living in a day where people are losing natural affection. Where you know we we, we live in a nation that has uh, we have such a such a thirst for for murdering unborn babies now i know believers don't but texas this great state we live in just passed a law to prove, to make it extremely difficult to get an abortion in the state of texas and praise god for that abortions murder it's the murder of a it's the murder of an unborn child it is the stopping of a beating heart it is the snubbing out of a life and God hates the shedding of innocent blood. God is God calls it murder, and we are against it as believers. But you've got you've got you've got now uh, you've got now the federal government trying to sue the state of Texas over this law they just passed. They want blood. They want blood. They're not they're not satisfied with peace and harmony. They want they want death, destruction, and blood. They want perversion as well. So there's a lot of things that mirror the same, like the days of Noah. Uh, you know, the Bible says, as, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So it, we're, I believe we're living very much in those kind of days. And again, as, as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, it's going to get worse and worse and worse, and we're seeing it. And again, I've been preaching on this stuff for about the last 20 years, so I've been seeing it rapidly increasing. But Noah saw it increasing in his day. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, by faith, by faith. That means Noah didn't, couldn't see the rain that was going to come. By, uh, Noah couldn't see with his eyes that it was going to flood the earth. But God told him that, and by faith he believed God, he trusted God, and so he began to get to work building a ship. He built that ark. The Bible said, by faith, Noah being warned of God is things not seen as yet. And you know what, my friends, we are being warned of God, of things, and not seen yet, but they're coming. The Bible said he moved with fear. He wasn't afraid of the government and what they might tell him. I don't know if he had a permit to build that boat. I don't know if he had to get a permit to build that boat. I don't know if there was laws against him standing out there preaching while it was going on, but he did it anyway. Why? Because he loved the Lord. You know, John Bunyan was locked up in London Bridge. Why? For preaching without a license. He didn't need a license. He had a calling of God to preach. But yet they locked him up for years and years. And his wife and his children lived in poverty. Why? Because he stood for God. And, the, and, and man couldn't take it. And they locked the man up. Folks, I'm telling you right now, we're going to have to stand for God. I don't care what anybody says. God is right. So the Bible said that he was moved with fear, being warned of God, and he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. He looked around and he saw his wife and his children, and he said, you know what? I don't want, I don't want them to be destroyed. I want them to be, to be saved. I want them to live out their lives and serve God. I want to serve God with my life and my family. And so he, 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 we defied everything around him. He defied logic around him. He defied everything everybody else told him. And he went to work on that boat, and he built it, amen. And the Bible said he by the which he condemned the world. Everybody around him looked at what he was doing, and they said, "You're a nut. You're wasting your time. You're a fool." And that's exactly what they'll say to you if you spend your life serving Jesus Christ and trying to win people into the kingdom of God. They'll call you a fool. They'll say you're wasting your time. You're sheltering your kids. You're abusing your kids by not letting them participate in all the worldly things that everybody else is doing. You're trying to keep them away from the filth. You can't protect them forever, parents. You can't protect them forever. That's what they'll say. But I'm here here to tell you, you protect them anyway because God wants you to. Train up a child in the way he should go, not the way the world says. You know, Doctor Spock, who wrote that book, never had one child. And he'll tell you not spank your child. The Lord tells you, listen, he who loves, if you love your son, you chase him in with times. That means whoop him when he needs it. I don't. I'm gonna get on a whole another rabbit trail. But Noah defied everything around him and stuck with stuck with God. Moses, there's another one. Moses, y'all know the story of Moses. It was put. You know, they were gonna. Kill all the Hebrew babies uh, They were going to slaughter all the Hebrew boys And, and his mother put him in that little, that little uh, uh, Basket In the bulrushes And, and Pharaoh's daughter found him and, and, and took him into her home And, and raised him And he was raised as a, as a grandson of Pharaoh He was raised up in, in his palace And, uh, and he, was, he was In line to, uh, to Be a Pharaoh himself Could have been God had other plans And God called him, and he stood up one day defending one of his Israelite brothers, and he ended up slaying one of the Egyptians, and he ran. You say he should have took his punishment. Well, he didn't. You know what the Bible says about it? Let me tell you what the Bible says about it. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater, riches than the treasures in Egypt. Egypt was the greatest power in the entire world at that time. He had everything at his disposal. There was nothing he couldn't have if he wanted it. He was, he was right there in Pharaoh's palace. He had everything. But yet he looked over there at the Hebrew children who were out there forced to make bricks without straw. He looked at them who were building the, building the uh, pyramids uh, and building all the, other, the, all the other buildings for the, for the uh, Egyptians. And he said, you know, I'd rather suffer with them than live in sin with you. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect to the recompense of the reward. He had respect to what God was going to bless him with if he followed him. And the Bible says, and by faith, he forsook Egypt. Well, that was the greatest power in the world. He was a citizen of Egypt at that point. He was under the authority of his, I guess you'd say, his adopted grandpa, Pharaoh. How did he defy the law? Oh, he was a rebel, broke a law, lawbreaker. Well, the Bible said he forsook Egypt. He left, not fearing the wrath of the king. Well, you should, and he's in authority. He's the king. The Bible said, for he endured at seeing him who is invisible. He had his eyes on the Lord. He had his eyes on God. He trusted God because Pharaoh was wicked and he saw that he was wicked and he said, I don't want to be a part of that wickedness. I'd rather suffer. I'd rather suffer the consequences than live in that wickedness. Folks, we're going to have to draw a line in the sand ourselves, too. Are you going to just live in according to the wickedness of this world, or are you going to stand and suffer the consequences? I'll suffer the consequences gladly because God is on my side. Let's look at another one. I got several. Let's look at another one. Let's look at the three Hebrew children. We, we know their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but that was the Babylonian names they gave to them. They had Hebrew names. I'm not going to get into that right now. I don't have time. But you all know the story. Here they were taken into captivity, and uh, these these boys were these boys were dedicated to God, and uh, they wanted to follow Him. I don't give you every detail, but <clears throat> you see, they were out on the plains of Durham and Nebuchadnezzar built a statue, a golden statue on the plains of Durham. And he, he lacked it all. He said, this is a fine statue. It's beautiful. And everybody's going to bow down to it. And see, and he was a picture, in that, in that doing that, he was a picture of the Antichrist. He was a picture of that, a foreshadowing of the Antichrist. And he was asking them to bow down and worship this golden image. And he said, you know, when you hear all these musical instruments play, everybody bowed down. Well, everybody bowed down, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and so some of the people was watching. They had to, you know, it's kind of like people during the invitation in church sometimes. they peeking, you know, peeking see who's raising their hands and all that good stuff. Well, they were peeking, and they saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Abednego standing. And so they went over and said, hey, look over there. See those three guys? They're standing up. And so they were given this warning in Daniel chapter 3, verse 15 through 18. Now listen to it very carefully. Now if you be ready... That at the time when you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbutt, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that sounds horrible, all kinds, of, all kinds of music don't go together. But anyway, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. If you do that, well, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Sound just like that Sanhedrin. you talking his name again, we're going to get you, boy. You better shut your mouth and keep it quiet. Don't you be talking and preaching his name again. <laughs> you don't bow down, you watch and see if God is you. I'll throw you in that furnace, I'll crank it up, and we'll burn your hide. We'll, 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 we'll turn you to ashes. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee. In this matter We're not worried about this That's what he was saying We're not worried about what we're going to tell you We're not worried about what's going to happen If it be so Our God whom we serve Is able to deliver us from the burning Fiery furnace And he will deliver us out of thine hand O King. Boy that sounds cocky don't it No that's confidence That's confidence in God He said but if not They said but if not If he doesn't deliver us and we burn up be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, worship the go or worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They said, You know what, that, that violates our God. That violates his laws. That that, that violates he, he's a jealous God. He wants us to worship him and him only. He wants us to bow to him only, not to some government idol. I'm not gonna bow down to anything that violates the word of God. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna to uh, do anything that violates my conscience when it comes to what I know, what the Word of God tells me, I will not. I'll practice civil disobedience. I'll just outright disobey. I'm gonna stick with God. You say, well it'll cost you boy. Well it may cost me, but I can tell you right now, you follow the world, you don't follow God. You think it won't cost you? Well you just you just you don't know God very well. Let's look at another one. Let's look at their friend there, Daniel. Daniel was in the same government. He was in the same system. Uh, that was in chapter three we read that but in chapter six verse seven through ten we we find out about daniel and see there was some fellows in that government didn't like daniel because he was being promoted and they didn't like him because where he came from and so now we're in a we're in a different we're in a different administration we got king darius is in charge and darius liked daniel but they they tricked darius they came in they puffed him up and they said hey king we need to we need to celebrate you, man. We need to we need to have a period of time where nobody asks anybody for anything, unless they're asking you, because you're the source of our help. And they were trying to butter him up and say, you know, you're the greatest king. So if anybody needs anything, they don't need to ask any god or any man for anything. They need to ask you. Barry said, "What well, sounds good? That really sounds good." So here it is, verse seven. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, and the princes and the counselors. And the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute, statute, excuse me, and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask any a petition of any God or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Well, that sounded good to Darius's ego, but he forgot about Daniel. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. We're going to sign this the way they do it. In this way, nothing can change it. Now, verse 10. It's very important. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knew the implication. He knew, he knew all about it. He was in government. He heard about it. He knew. Listen, there's some people out there today who heard who heard Joe Biden say that we we our my patience is running thin with you unvaccinated people, and they're going to try to take people's jobs away. It's been rumored and it's supposed to come down here in the next few days they're going to say if you hadn't been vaccinated you can't travel on public transportation in america you can't fly on a plane across america you can't ride on a train across america if you hadn't been vaccinated listen i'm telling you right now this is communism coming to country and i'm not trying to get into political discussion but i want you to understand we are mirroring some of these things what we're seeing with the vaccine that'll soon be that way for every every believer we're going to have either you take care either either you do whatever we say I'm, i listen I'm not looking to be here when the antichrist uh is is in authority. I'm not looking to be here when there's the mark of the beast, but understand everything that's happening now is lining us up for that day. We're inching closer and closer and closer to totalitarianism and a worldwide New World Order. It came out just the, just the other day. Uh, An official over in Australia was talking about COVID, and she said, you know, once once we're in the New World Order, she said those words. So understand, this Bible is coming true. Prophecy is being fulfilled. We are right on the cusp of the tribulation period. We are just on the cusp of God dealing with Israel and God cleansing Israel and bringing her back to himself and the end of all things. We are now coming down to the end where the Lord Jesus Christ is going to sit on his throne in in Israel before the world is judged and then the great white throne judgment and then eternity begins and we're with the Lord forever and ever and ever. We're coming down to that time. So let's look. Now when Daniel knew that writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, just like he always did. he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime he didn't he didn't change anything, you know why? Because God didn't change, and God's word didn't change, and he gonna honor God, yeah, you say, well, you know this this king has fire to kill you, Daniel, sure does." God has power to keep me from being killed. God, if God, here's the thing: if God's will is that I'm going to continue to live and serve Him, then I'm going to continue to live and serve Him. A <clears throat> preacher once preached a message, which he shared this illustration. He said, when he was a little kid, he had a y- y'all seen those little plastic uh, plastic balls that hamsters and gerbils go into that two halves and they screw together, and then that. Hamster, that gerbil, can run all over the floor without worrying about being hurt. So he said he had a gerbil. He put it in that little plastic ball, and a clear plastic ball, and it rolled all over the floor. And he said he had a cat, and that cat, boy, he pawed that ball. and he slapped that ball all around the room. But he couldn't hurt the gerbil. Why? Because the gerbil is protected by that, that clear ball he's in. And nothing could get to him. Even though it could knock him around, it couldn't get to him. And I'm going to tell you something. We're just like that. We're protected by God. And if God wills that we should live and continue on, then we will live and continue on. If God wills that, that we should be taken out by the hand of somebody who, who wants to destroy us, then we'll be going home to heaven and we'll be with the Lord. But you shouldn't worry about it one bit because you're in his hand. And that's the way Daniel looked at it. You know, if, if I die, I die. But you know what? When he went into that, that den of lions, he trusted God. And and I don't know that he was afraid because he knew where he would be if the, if the lions were to, were to eat him. And then and the last one I want to bring up is, is the Apostle Paul. In Acts chapter nine, verse twenty two through twenty five, this is right after Paul was he was out seeking. Uh, he went to Damascus. He was he was looking. For, uh For believers he was going to persecute them, he was going to try to have them arrested, possibly killed, not really sure what all he intended to do, but he wasn't looking to hang out with them and have fun. He was looking to destroy and disrupt and so on the way to Damascus, the Lord spoke to him from heaven and he he got down off his donkey and got on his face and uh and you know he he got saved right there on the road to Damascus and There was scales formed over his eyes And he had to go and sit And and, and wait and pray And uh, so after this happened And a man named Ananias Was directed to go down there And lay hands on him and pray for him And the scales fell from his eyes This is right after that Verse 22 of chapter 9 But but Saul increased the more in strength And confounded the Jews Which dwelt in Damascus Proving that this is very Christ So he He not only did he get saved, but a lot of people didn't believe that he, was, that he was for real because he had been so adamant about trying to destroy him that they had to be convinced that he was, uh, that he was for real. And, but he was, he was there preaching, and the Bible says, and after, and after that many days were fulfilled, so he was there preaching and teaching Jesus, even though he'd been hating Jesus before. The Bible said after many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. So, I mean, he was a Jew. He was from Jerusalem. These were his government officials. These were the people who sent him out. You say, well, he was insubordinate. He was he was uh, going against their orders. He should have he should have turned himself in and thrown himself on their mercy. The Bible said that their laying in wait was known of Saul. He knew they were coming to get him, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. They wanted to kill him. He should have submitted, huh? He should just went on handcuffs. And, Turned himself over and let him take his life. The Bible says then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. They led him down over the wall. Let led him down to the ground, and he took off and got away. Boy, he's a rebel. Man's breaking the law. He should turn himself in. Obey the law of the land. That's what he's supposed to do. Remember, that's what everybody says these days. Well, let's get to it, and let's see. Let's see, and, I'm, and I know those of you that heard me in person, y'all just give me a minute. There's people that haven't heard this. Romans chapter 13, 1 through 5. Here's the passage. Here's the infamous passage that gets quoted. Adolf Hitler, keep in mind, when Adolf Hitler came to power, when he was, when he was rounding up Jews and sending them off to concentration camps to be executed, he, he moved the people with fear. And one of the fears that he used was the fear of them fighting against God. And he used this scripture, and he twisted it for his own means. And just like every government since who has nefarious reasons and nefarious plans, they take the Bible and use it as their billy club to hit believers over the head with. And I want to show you how they do it. Romans chapter 13, 1 through 5. Here's how we deal with civil government. Here's what God tells us. Let every soul be subject to the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. So I understand. I understand that Joe Biden was ordained of God. But I don't believe God was God ordained Joe Biden to be a just president. I believe or, he ordained him because he's bringing judgment upon America. I believe I believe Barack Hussein Obama, uh, Barry Sotero, whatever you want to call him, he was a judgment. I, I'm telling you, we are under judgment in America. It is falling upon us. We are just beginning to see what is going to take place in this country. And Adolf Hitler, for whatever whatever you want to say, he was a judgment. Uh, Pol Pot, Attila uh, the Hun, you name them, judgments. God brings judgment in. But I'm going to tell you, that judgment is not to fall on his people. That judgment is there to fall upon the wicked His people are in the midst of it And God will protect his people in the midst of it But his people got to follow him in the midst of it Will they face persecution? Yes, he's promised us that You know, in this life you shall face tribulation Uh, In this world, he said You shall face tribulation, but be of good cheer I have overcome the world So God's saying, you may go through it But I'll take you through it And I'll be there with you in it And I'll protect you in it So, let every soul be subject to the higher powers What's the higher power in America? It's not the Supreme Court, or the, the, the legislature, and it is not the presidency. Those three branches of government are not the highest power in America. It is the Constitution of the United States, which was written by believers, most of them. It was written based upon their knowledge of the word of God. It is not a perfect document, but it is as close to one as we've got. And that Constitution, it, it entitles us to certain freedoms and liberties that we have and we hold because they're given us by our Creator. So we're to be subject to the higher powers. The Bible says, for there's no power but of God, let the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now, you try to resist a godly government, they're gonna, you're going to go to jail. You, you kill somebody under a godly government, they're going to kill you because that's an eye for an eye. It's, it's, it's just to do that. Uh, Listen, uh, you commit a heinous crime, you should receive a heinous punishment. That's justice, and that's justice under God's law. But I'm going to tell you, when you're doing right and you're punished for it, that's not just. And you shouldn't follow the laws of a government that would punish you for doing right. For rulers, verse 3, are not a terror to good works. Rulers are not a terror to good works. But yet you see people in government who are a terror to good works. And that tells you that God does not want you to follow that person if they're going to be that way. And he says, rulers are a terror to the evil. Now if rulers are helping the evil, then they're not they're not somebody you need to follow. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise the same. Well, if in you know, a in a good society where you have where you have where you have men who who believe in truth and right, where you you have people in power who who believe and honor God in that society, in that kind of a life. I mean, when I was a, when I was a young man growing up, uh, you could you could obey the laws of the land, everything's fine, and you expected to. But but this world is corrupt, and this government is corrupt. Folks, you can't just you can't just take for granted that the laws that are handed down are godly. All right, it says, for, the, for he is a minister of God to thee for good. That's what the Bible talks about, a ruler. He's a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Now, sodomy is evil. Abortion is evil. Uh, killing people to get their resources is evil. There's a lot of things our government does that are evil. Forcing things upon people that they don't want in their body is evil. Telling people you can't work a job if you don't do what we say and take this thing and stick it in your body, that's evil. Telling people you can't preach the Word of God in this town or this area or anywhere is evil. And when people get locked up for that, they are not doing evil to keep preaching the Word of God. They're not doing evil to stand for what's right. Our apostles, are they wrong? I don't believe so, because they're following God rather than men. So let's let's continue to look at our passage, and we're going to work down through the end of it. The God of our fathers, verse 30, look look in our Bible, verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom he slew and hanged on a tree. That's That's what they said to him when they told him, listen, you don't preach anymore in his name. You don't do it. We told you that already. He said we ought to obey God rather than men. And he said, our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. You see, when you stand for God in the face of tyranny, The Holy Ghost of God will empower you to stand there. He'll give you confidence to stand there. He'll give you assurance that you can stand for God in the face of evil. He told them that, and listen to what happened. Listen to what happened, verse 33. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. They were cut to the heart. I looked up that that phrase there in the interlinear Bible, cut to the heart. It literally means sawn in two. Now, I know they weren't literally sawn in two, but it said basically it's what it did to them on the inside. It cut them in two. Why? Because they knew they were guilty, but they hated that they were guilty. They realized that they were wrong, but they hated that they were wrong. And let me tell you something. They were convicted, but their conviction did not work. Repentance in them, it it worked rage in them. It worked disdain in them because they were not going to believe on Christ as their Savior. They hated him. They rejected him, and so it caused them to want to kill those who proclaimed him. Hebrews 4.12, listen, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It went and cut them right down the middle. And they went, ah, what are we doing? We're going to have to kill these men. How dare they point our sin out to us? How dare they call us guilty? Kill them. That's what they wanted to do. And that's what they planned to do. They took counsel to slay them. Here's what they said. When they heard that, they said, hey, hey, let's go over here and let's talk. We've got to figure out a way to get rid of these guys. Let's kill them. That was their intention. And I'm telling you right now, if God hadn't intervened, I believe they would have killed them. But I want you to see how God intervened. Here's God's hand at work in the middle of all this. We're almost done. We're coming down to the end. As my old preacher brother Joe Brown used to say, I'm circling the field and I got my landing gear down. So y'all just hang on. <clears throat> God's hand at work. Look bad for them. I mean, you listen, it's one of these things like on the episode of a TV show used to be they leave a cliffhanger. What do we do here? Oh, they're in trouble. They're going to kill them. Well, wait a minute. Verse 34, then, then stood up one in the council of Pharisees, Named Gamaliel. Gamaliel, for one thing, he was a teacher of Paul. He taught Paul all that he knew. He also taught Barnabas. And I'm trying to remember who else. He was an old Stephen. He taught Stephen the deacon we're going to read about next. He, he was a teacher of those. So this man, knew, this man knew the Word of God good. He was a very, very uh, good professor of, of the Word of God. And whether he felt this way, what things he's about to say, or whether this is God's spirit just overtaking him, either way, God began to work in this man's heart. Listen. Then stood up there one of the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Send them over there where we can talk. Verse 35. And said unto them, ye men of Israel, Take heed to yourselves, what you intend to do is touching these men. Y'all better think before y'all act, fellas. Y'all better, you better let you, you better not let your emotions cause you to do something that you're going to regret. Remember, they feared the people. There were some 20,000 or more believers outside, and they were afraid of what would happen if they killed them. So he was, they were afraid before, but now see their tempers got up, and they're not thinking. And he stood up and said, y'all better wait a minute. Y'all better think this through before you do anything. Now, he said in verse 35, he said, Before before these days rose up Thutis, and this was years before all that, boasting himself to be somebody to, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. They were going to, They he, he claimed he was going to part the Jordan River uh, they they were going to stand up against the tyranny in the land and he, and he he claimed to be he claimed to be the Messiah he he, he was claiming to be a Messiah and he said when I get to the Jordan River and, and my word it's going to part and uh the, the officials heard about that and so they went out and they found him and they cut his head off and they rode back into Jerusalem with Judas's head to show that they had defeated him and that's what he's bringing up and he said and and. and and it was slain and all, and as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. And it came to nothing. He said, "Y'all remember that." And after this, um, after this man rose up, Judas of Galilee. This is not Judas who betrayed Jesus. This is not Judas the other disciple. This uh, or, or Jude, the other disciple. This is this is somebody totally different. It's not the man who's in the uh, uh, Judas who's in the uh, the early church. This is somebody else. It says in the days of the taxing. That's around around the time of Jesus' birth, and drew away much people. After him, he also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. He said, listen, that when, he, when they killed Judas, everybody went away. All right? When they killed Judas of Galilee, everybody went away. Okay? You killed Jesus. We, we, we crucified Jesus. Let it alone. If it ain't nothing but a bunch of men trying to set up and, and trying to ride his coattails, it'll go away. I mean, we're, we're 2,021 years later, and it still hasn't gone away. Amen? I believe it must be for real. Don't you think so? Don't you think by now, all the persecution, all the blood that's been shed, all the martyrs that have been killed, don't you think if it was phony, it would have already gone away? If it wasn't real, if salvation wasn't real, it would have gone away? Come on now, we've got to stand up and proclaim that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, that he's the Savior of the world. We've got to tell it, we've got to shout him the rooftops. There are people dying, they're going to go to hell. They're going to burn forever in hell if you and I don't stand up and proclaim that Christ is the Savior. He said, if it be of men, it will come to naught or nothing. Verse thirty nine, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. I'm gonna tell you something. God spoke through Camelio that day. That was God. He 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 stood up in defiance of every man in that room. He stood up with reason and, and moderation. He thought, he, he, he was speaking, trying to save them from ruining themselves, trying to create a bigger commotion. He was trying to be a peacekeeper. God, I believe, had his hand all over Gamaliel that day. He said, but if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. They, had, you know, God spoke through someone they respected, and they listened, and they said, "You know what? You're right. Maybe we all just calm down, and we all just send them off, and it'll all be over, and we won't have to worry about nothing." But they couldn't let it go at that. Listen, to what they did when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they scourged them, they whipped them. They were bleeding when they left there. They scourged. They couldn't. They, they couldn't stand just to turn them loose. They, well, we're going to make sure you don't come back again. They called them and they beat them. They commanded them that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Now, really. They were rejoicing they just got a horrible horrible whipping they were backs were bleeding they were they were cut they, they were they hurt to move but yet they're walking down the street with blood I'm sure there was blood dripping down their arms I mean they, they, their garments were ripped the people were watching them walk away and they and they were they were bleeding they were going back to the other disciples and they were rejoicing that was a testimony, wasn't it? That was a powerful testimony. They weren't They weren't upset. They weren't trying to get back at him. They weren't threatening. They weren't saying, we're going to get you. It's the last thing we do. We got rights. No, they were rejoicing because they were suffering for Christ's sake, because Christ had told them that they were going to suffer for his sake. And now they're doing it. What he said is coming true. He said, count it all joy when you endure it. And when you endure diverse temptations, when you go through these things, we are, to, we are to rejoice because we're suffering for our Savior who suffered for us. And then the Bible said, you know, I told them, don't you ever preach this? like, don't you do it again. Verse 42, daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Those lawbreakers. Those rebels, how dare they continue to share that gospel? I going to tell you something, friend. You will never regret living a life serving Jesus. You'll never look back on having shared the gospel with somebody. You'll never look back on sharing your testimony and say, well, I regret I did that. Someday when you stand before God Almighty, all those times you shared your testimony are going to be mentioned. All those times you tried to lead somebody to Jesus, whether you were a success or not, all those times are going to be brought up, and God is going to reward you for your faithfulness. He didn't say your, your success rate. He said your faithfulness. We're to go and warn them. We're to go and share the good news. We can't force it down their throat. We can't make them take it, but we can sure offer it to them, and we can do that anywhere and everywhere. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. It just takes us having the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ and wanting to see people saved and not in hell forever. It's not too much to ask. It's not too much to ask. Was it too much to ask Jesus to save you? No. No. You called on him, even though it cost him his life, even though he bled and died, even though he went through the mockery and the, and the cruel trial and scourging and all the things he went through, all of that for you. It wasn't too much to ask for him to be your Savior. It's not too much for him to ask for you to lift up your voice and be a testimony, be a witness to the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to close that with this, with this passage from Matthew chapter 16. Then said, verse 24 through 27, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, that means he wants to follow Jesus, let him deny himself. Yeah, learn to tell you 7-0. That's your stubborn will. That's your stubborn will It says, I'm embarrassed to talk in public about Jesus because I'm afraid I don't know enough. If you have the Spirit of the living God in you and you read or you read your Bible regularly, I can assure you, you've got enough in you to witness to somebody. If you can verbalize how Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose from the grave, if you can verbalize how you put your faith and trust in him and not your works, but Jesus and what he did, his finished work, and you can share with them how they can do the very same thing. If you know how you got saved, you can tell somebody else how they can get saved. You say, well, it might cost me. Yeah, it might. It costs Jesus everything. It costs the disciples. And you know what? You've got to count the cost. You've got to draw the line to sin and say, you know, I'm not going to let this world destroy my life. I'm not going to let this world rob me of the reward of having served Jesus. I'm going to live for jesus I don't care who it offends I don't care who it makes mad. I don't care what laws i break i'm going to I'm going to follow Jesus because he is the lawgiver He is God is the lawgiver. There is no law without God, and anything that goes against God's word is unjust it's un It's unlawful and and therefore, as a believer, you don't have to follow it. You follow the Lord always. Matthew 16, again, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. That means we've got to die to ourselves. We've got to, be able, again, tell ourselves no and follow me, Jesus said. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Now, what that simply means is this. A person who says, you know, I, ain't got, I, ain't got, I only got one life to live. It's my life, and I want to live it how I want to live it. I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what pleases me. And, and and that's what really matters. Well, you're saving your life. You're trying to hold on to it. You're trying to make it the very best you can make it for you. And you're being selfish. You're not thinking about all those who he sent you to. And, and listen, you're going to waste your life. And when you come down to the end of it and you stand before the Lord Jesus and your works are judged... You'll stand there with a handful of ashes because all your good works are all for you, and they'll burn up, and you'll have nothing to stand there to show for a life of service for Christ. There'll be no reward. You say, will I go to hell? No, not if you're saved. But you know what? It sure will be shameful to stand before the Lord with an empty hand, knowing he's given you commands to follow him and please him. He said, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, and in Mark he says, and the gospels, shall find it. When you begin to live for Jesus, you'll truly begin to live. When you begin to share Christ, you'll begin to find out what the joy of the Lord is. There is nothing greater in this world that I know of than sharing Christ with somebody and seeing somebody believe on Christ for themselves and get saved. There is nothing better outside of your own salvation, and I urge you to be a witness for Christ. He said, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? And lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul Is this world worth Losing what God Has intended for us to have He said for the son of man Shall come in the glory Of his father with his angels And then he shall Reward every man According to his works So let me close up with this thought The face of evil is amongst us the face of evil is attacking people now. now. I know it hasn't directly come for the Lord's church, but it is coming. We are looked at as part of the problem. We are looked at as a, a uh, stoppage toward progress. We're looking at, uh, looking, they're looking at us because, uh, many of us are frightened of things that, that resemble the mark of the beast. And, uh, we're knowledgeable about these things and therefore we're hesitant. And, uh, you know, the enemy doesn't like that. They want us to be compliant. And so they're going to become more totalitarian as the days pass. There'll be a resistance in America, but there's gonna but there's gonna be there's gonna be ultimately authoritarianism. It's already here. It's just not it's just not reared it's completely reared its ugly head, but it's coming. But in that day what will you do? What will you do in the face of evil? Will you cow down or will you stand? All that matters all that matters is that you stand. Oh, my heavens, my friends, let's stand for Jesus. Let's stand for him in this hour. Lord God, we just we just trust you. We love you. We praise you. Give us, give us your grace. Give us your mercy. Give us your comfort. Give us your power. Lord God, we'll give you the glory and the praise. And we'll thank you for it. Let's pray right now. Father, I, I come to you on behalf of those who are are listening to the sound of my voice father god i pray please father give them courage to stand for you give them courage to be a witness for you give them courage to testify the saving power of the blood of jesus christ lord god i pray for each and every one out there this morning lord those who are going through things that are trying and vexing them i pray father for comfort and peace pray lord for healing for those who are in need of it father god i pray lord please Give us what we need. Lord, I pray for those who are lost. Please draw them to the Savior. I pray, Father, that even now they'll realize their sinful condition. They'll realize that they've sinned against you. Lord, I pray that right now they'll come in repentance and faith. They'll turn to Jesus, and they'll believe that he shed his blood for them, that his blood was shed to wash their sins away. They'll ask him for the forgiveness of sins and be born again forever. If you'll just... Put your faith in the Lord. He'll save your soul today. Lord, I pray for each and everyone who's tuned in again. I pray for our church. Please gather us back together in your house soon. Lord, please get everybody well. Lord God, I just pray now, save a soul that's nearest hell, and we'll give you the, the praise and the glory. We'll, we'll rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, thank you for joining with us today. I've seen that uh, the, the audio cut off on uh on here the on blog talk radio something went wrong with the audio uh so i urge you if 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 uh if you got somebody like to hear this message tell them about it we're going to save it it'll be on my page on the old paths broadcast page and temple baptist church page so please listen and uh and thank you and and god bless you all i'm glad that you tuned in it's good to see every one of his name on here uh wes and sherry pierce good to have you listening today god bless y'all and uh just pray that y'all all have a blessed week. Let's let's live for Jesus. Let's give Him all, all the glory. And as the preacher said, there there ain't a mark on the slate of tomorrow yet. Let's live it for God. In Jesus' name, we ask all that. Amen. Well, good morning. you just getting on here. Into okay. the.